0: Get ready. It's time for Motorsports Madness, powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host,
1: Jacob Seelman. That would be me, and that's the point where I turn here and look at the camera, which is now back in the corner of the room, which is going to throw me off for the next two hours, and say, hi, guys. Welcome to Motorsports Madness. I'm joined at the no longer round table by... It's not even the same table. It was always the shape. No, it's just a shape. It's a different shape. The rectangular table. <laughs> yeah. Tom is a shape, but he's less of a round. shape. <laughs> I am round. And yeah. round is a shape. <laughs> You're less round than you used to be. But that we'll is stop, correct, We'll yes. stop talking about shapes and we'll start talking about race cars and race car drivers because we have a returning race car driver with us at the table. Say hi to the camera, Krishna, because it wasn't here last time you were here. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Christian won something over the weekend. Yeah,
1: he kind of sort of earned his way back onto the show by virtue of a win in the ARCA Racing Series at Lucas Oil Raceway at Indianapolis. Um, you kind of sort of smoked him in that race, just just, just a little bit. I, I would say you you went and basically took all the kids' lunch money and went home.
3: Yeah, I, I definitely have a mm-hmm. uh, a lot of money for next uh, lunch <laughs> after that one. Um yeah, it was uh, it was a really it was a really cool team effort um you know between me, Kevin Reed and all my guys. Um you know we really worked on a great race car at the test which seemed like forever ago um after the rain out and everything but uh you know we did a, we all did a great job and um, you know, everybody executed and we were able to come home with a good finish like that.
1: That was certainly uh, what I know made that whole, whole race peculiar because it was rain postponed for almost an entire month. And we will uh, talk more with Christian about that coming up as the, the show continues here. We're also going to chat about the upcoming race weekend in Talladega. <laughs> I did that because the drivers are scared, Tom. They're scared. Not as scared as they were of the Roval. <laughs> no, not quite as scared as they were of the Roval. But there's a lot of. is a known evil. <laughs> this is a true statement, and we'll talk about some of the drivers who may be able to conquer that known evil coming up as well. And also, Splitsville. For Jimmy Johnson and Chad canals milk and cookies couldn't save them this time. <laughs> breaks my heart. That breaking news. It breaks a lot of people's hearts, Christian. So we'll have all that coming up as this show rolls on. Right now, we're going to roll away to our first break. You're listening to Motorsports Madness, and we'll be back right after this.
4: You own a performance car, and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. That's 302-827-2054. Louis Meineke Car Care Center, rev up your career. I'm Kaz Grawlin. you're listening to Race
8: Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network.
1: And I believe that's our cue to start talking again. So welcome back to Motorsports Madness on Race Chaser Radio. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, and Christian Eckes at the table tonight talking racing and right now we're going to talk about uh, christian's arca racing series win but before i do that i would be remiss if i didn't also say hi back in the tech shed about to time. randy <laughs> randy miller <laughs> and cisco Scaramuza who are both punching buttons at the moment hi guys hi yeah we uh <laughs> yeah
2: cisco is uh cisco is punching video buttons and randy is punching audio buttons and Both of them are keeping us within the rules so we don't fail.
1: (laughs) Well, I, I wouldn't be so sure about that. We make it difficult for them, as it is. ARCA, Indianapolis, and Christian blowing the field away a little bit. You obviously have found success in the ARCA car in the past but it seems like this year and particularly you mentioned the test that went into getting ready for this race and I have to believe that was that was pretty important into coming back and really showing these guys what you could do over the weekend it seems like you were able to translate quite a bit from the speed that you showed in the test to the speed that you showed on race day
3: the test was (laughs) uh the test went really well but to be honest with you when we showed up for the race we were faster um you know like I said Kevin and all my guys prepared a great race car. Um, and, you know, it, it's taken a little bit, honestly, for me and Kevin to really click. But, uh, you know, here at the end of the year, um, you know, we definitely got in our strides. Uh, and I felt like we should have won really all of our last races. Um, being an arc racing series is so hard to win and just you have to have everything go your way. And um, But overall, I mean, it's been a great season uh, three wins, two poles.
1: He mentions we should have had a few more wins and yet. He's, he's got three wins at three very historic racetracks, one at Salem, a win on the dirt at Springfield, and he's not a dirt guy, and one at IRP. That, that's a pretty good record of, of tracks if you sure ask is. me to take trophies home from.
2: It definitely is. And the thing that impresses me the most about Christian is whenever he gets in that car, it seems like that car in general has been fast, and Venturini Motorsports has been fast, you know, if they I was just saying to Christian during the break, if they had had either him or Michael and or, um, you know, Chandler Smith, if they could have run full time and and put that effort out there, mm-hmm. um, MDM Motorsports would have had a good run for their money yes, for the championship, absolutely. I think, because as good as Sheldon Creed did um, Venturini Motorsports, whenever one of those three were in the car. Um, was, really, you really know, good. was just as good or better. So, um, you know, really a a good season for, for him and happy to see
1: that. Led, what, 171 of 200 laps, I think, yeah. Christian? Sounds about right. Sounds about right. It's impressive. And I think, to me, that's what's so impressive about the fact you haven't run but these 13 races, and yet you had three wins already, and you yourself said said, what, probably – two or three more that you should have won?
3: Yeah, um, you know, when we went to DeCoin, I felt like we had the best car there. um, The track position was just so key. Um, Berlin, we were leading when we ended up uh, getting wrecked there. So, um, and then there was a few earlier on in the year that I felt like we just uh, didn't capitalize on our mistakes and, um, you know, unfortunately, weren't able to close the victory there. But, um, you know, overall, it's been a great year for the 15 car with uh, Michael winning Daytona Chicago and, Um, He still has another one left at Kansas here. Hopefully he can win that. And then uh, Chandler winning Madison, and we won uh, Salem Springfield.
1: Kind of adjusting a little bit, because in addition to the ARCA car this year, you also had and still have two more truck races. You've had two already. You'll have two more. What was it like for you this year adjusting to the truck from what you've been used to in the ARCA car? And I know a big thing that you said – to me earlier in the year after the first one was learning the air was a really big key for you. Yeah. I mean, the air is
3: a pretty big deal. Um, especially when you go to racing. But, um, you know, the biggest thing really is that, uh, you know, it's all different guys. Um, you know, I kind of struggled with that in the ARCA racing series this year with Kevin and everybody. Um, and, you know, thankfully we've gotten together really well and, um, you know, it should work together great in the future. Um, but, you know, it's a whole different team with the truck series, so I'm um, just getting to know them. And, um, you know, we've, we've showed a lot of success at Gateway, and, you know, hopefully that uh, can carry carry on to Martinsville Phoenix.
1: How do you grade those first two truck races? You mentioned Gateway in particular where you won the second stage, and honestly I felt like had it not been for some of the circumstances that were out of your control, I felt like you guys had a shot to win that race.
3: Yeah, um, you know, we had a really fast uh, race truck, I guess it is. Um, Hey, he got it right, Tom. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I made sure I got it right. Um, I mean, we led the first practice I ever had at the racetrack, and I think we were, I don't know, like third or fourth. And final practice, qualified second. Um, I felt like we sh- honestly should have won stage one. I just didn't capitalize hard enough, and uh, we won stage two. And you know, we got wrecked two laps in the stage three. So, um, you know, I definitely thought we would have had a shot if not. um you know, almost a guaranteed win there. Um, we just had such a good truck that it was really in my hands. We just had to not
1: screw it up to be able to do it. Tom, when you look at drivers who have made the transition between yeah. ARCA and the truck series, Christian obviously comes yeah. to mind as one who's done it pretty successfully. His Toyota teammate Harrison Burton is another one who I feel like has really proven a penchant for that. Uh, it seems like more and more... We're seeing drivers who really have worked up that skill set to be able to be good at both, and I think that says a lot. Well, it does. I mean, it's
2: because it's different. I mean, the trucks are the trucks are a very different thing from an Arca car. I think um, the Arca cars would almost play more into the Xfinity style of of racing and driving than, than to the truck series. And Christian really has done a great job adapting. And there've been obviously a number of drivers that have taken that step. I think it's great to be able to do that. Arca gives you some great super speedway experience before you ever get to a truck. And then when you do start in the truck series, I think you're more prepared, um, you know, and uh, certainly Christian in the first couple of races he's run has been great. And, you know, that was kind of heartbreaking Christian to see you get crashed the way you did, because, I really feel like you were uh you were on track to maybe win that race and that would have been just amazing. Yeah. Uh, there, um <laughs> kind of a sn- <laughs> three days after that
9: three days
2: <laughs> Well, I mean, I it felt like a, a snowball derby moment in the making there that just uh, wasn't your time I guess. Away.
1: Yeah. In talking about the season kind of looking at Christian it's not just been Christian Tom although he's had a tremendous season we've talked about three wins and the wins that he probably could have had but I feel like this too has been in part because there's been a bit of a greater Venturini resurgence this season compared to where they were a year ago and I feel like Christian certainly I think he would attest to that too has been able to benefit from that
2: I'm not sure it's so much a resurgence for Venturini as it just simply is that when they have a driver who's capable of winning, they run up front and win. I mean, if you look at just this season and, and I don't mean to disrespect any of the other drivers, but that they've had, but when either Christian Eckes, Chandler Smith or Michael self have been behind the wheel of one of those cars, they're consistently up front and they either win or they at least are racing for the win. And, I feel like that's where it, the, the MDM group had three full-time ARCA racers this year and Venturini had zero. And I think that's where you, you, you see the difference. So Christian comes into this and gets in an obviously front-running car and is able to capitalize on it. I think that's been the big difference right there. I think, uh, I think Venturini Motorsports is stronger than we think.
1: Francisco in about 30 seconds here, looking ahead towards the truck start that Christian's going to have coming up at Martinsville and even at Phoenix. I mean, I don't see any reason why we aren't looking at him as a contender to win, especially after what he did at Gateway, winning a stage and contending.
8: Yeah, absolutely, Jacob. This is It's Martinsville. It's a track where you can go out there. And, you know, learn the truck and still be extremely fast. I mean, we've seen that with a lot of the ARCA graduates, be able to go to Martinsville and do very well. And I think Phoenix will really be the
1: first test, but that is a track where he can do well. Exactly. I would say so. I mean, he's a short track kid, and that certainly will bode very well, I think, for these two starts because they drive just like I think I have a little bit more for you. So we'll, we'll see if we can get Christian to stick around for a few more minutes. And when we return with Motorsports Madness, gosh, uh, who knows what all we'll get into. So stick with us. You're listening to the show on Race Chaser Radio and uh, all of our many platforms. And we will be back in just a moment.
2: Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at HMSMotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks that. from PMN Radio sent you. Yeah.
6: What an awesome game. <laughs> For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online.
5: COPD, Chronic Obstructive Pulmonary Disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema. And half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than
2: 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD.
6: Hi,
8: I'm Chase Cabry, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now, back to the show.
1: All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to Race Chaser Radio's Motorsports Madness. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Christian Eckes, right now at the table that used to be round but isn't. And back in the tech shed are Cisco Scaramuza and Randy Miller, punching buttons, and we have been talking to Christian about ARCA and trucks and all the fun different things that you've been doing this year. And I think one of the things that we were talking about just before we went on air that I was actually really bummed about is the fact that even though you're a former champion of the race, that you don't have a car to go down and run the Snowball Derby this year.
3: No, I don't. Very sad. Very, very sad. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) there we go. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's... uh... It, it kind of stinks to be honest with you. Um, you know, like you said, we won it two years ago, um, and now we're not going to be able to go. So, um, yeah,
1: that's but you know, hopefully, I'll be able to find something by uh, the end of the next couple months. This season, obviously, plenty of ups in the ARCA car. Ups some and hot downs. ups and downs. Ups yeah, and downs. ups and downs. There are some downs. More ups lately. Yeah. Okay, okay, so. Let's talk about the downs for a minute even though I know as race car drivers you try to have a short memory with those. You know what? What do you feel like has been the struggle this year? Um what do we feel like
3: is a struggle this year? Really just not capitalizing on uh things we needed to capitalize on. To be honest with you. Um there's just uh, a lot of opportunities that we had that we just um I mean I feel like I keep saying capitalize but we just uh we weren't able to do it. Um you know, we won three races but uh we really should have won about Five or six, if you really look at it, um, you know. It's, but that's what keeps you driving. You know, all the shoulda, coulda, woulda, um, just keeps you driving to get better. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, the losses definitely hurt, but uh, you need to move on to the next one and make those the wins.
1: Tom, I feel like it's an interesting point that he brings up because when you look at it and Christian says, hey, we feel like we should have had about three more wins, but we just didn't close the deal. He's not the only driver, I feel like, this year in the ARCA series that you can say that about.
2: Well, the first driver that would come to mind for me who fits that category is Chase Purdy, but I want to be careful here because I don't believe that it's been really all chase purdy's fault that they haven't capitalized and gotten a win yet i feel like you know the the pit crew has made some mistakes chase has made some mistakes he's been involved in some things that he didn't create um you know and he's had a lot of great finishes but he just hasn't been able to get over that hump and and get the win i do believe he's got a shot at kansas but chase for me is the guy that i would think of who just hasn't quite been able to get all the way through that door yet
1: du coin comes to mind for me specifically i believe christian uh, actually mentioned that right off the gun yeah. about how that race really was almost in their lap and then it just fell away right at the end
2: well yeah and see that's uh that's what's happened to several of the drivers in that series more than once this year we could have had more winners than that but certainly i agree with christian
1: yeah and you look at that and figure, hey, he got three wins. He could have had three more. I think what Tom Sheldon Creed's got four or five. Zane Smith's got four. four. I mean, Sheldon's got three. I think. Has he only? Have yeah, three? I think Sheldon. It feels got three like it's Zane's been way more. Than yeah, that.
2: he's just Sheldon. Sheldon's been Mr. Consistent.
1: Yes, he has. Yeah. Yes, he has. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that your goals are somewhat, you know somewhat high for Martinsville and Phoenix and I would imagine number you're a short track kid so obviously that bodes well it's not it's less arrow and more what you're used to after Gateway are you feeling that you have the potential for a a win in the truck in one of these last two races
3: yeah absolutely um you know I have a lot of faith and confident confidence in uh the number 46 team as well as Kyle Busch Motorsports um I think their record stands for themselves and um, you know, really to be able to uh, to run as good as we did at Gateway with only my second start and um, really an unlimited number of starts as far as the year in general, um, you know, it gives you a lot of confidence going into both races. Um, you know, luckily I'll be able to have some sim time and get ready as uh, best as I can. And, you know, I haven't been in either. So, um,
1: you know, it really it's uh, very looking forward to it. I know – for you this whole year has been a great opportunity how How big has it been for you to step up to this level to have the support you 've had from toyota and and t r d and really start to take the next steps here
3: yeah it 's big um, you know i couldn 't do without t r d and toyota support um, you know they 've really really helped me a lot this year in uh, performing or not really performing but well actually yeah performing. <laughs> really just, uh, getting me to the next level. Um, I really wasn't happy with my performance last year. Um, you know, we had some solid runs, but, uh, no wins and that's just, uh, it's hard. It's hard not to, to go a full year without winning. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's really tough and, um, you know, to be able to finally get past that this year really just opens the door up for just constant winning. You know, every time, uh, mm-hmm. both teams show up to the racetrack, um, you know, we all want the same thing and we all want to win. And, uh, you know, if we could win, uh, Every single race would be nice, but uh, you know, that's just, not you know, how it it's works. It's uh, <laughs> well, not feasible sometimes,
2: especially in a series like the Arca series. I mean, you, you know, between MDM and Venturini alone, not even counting all of the other teams that that, that race, you've got you know anywhere from five to seven competitive cars that could win at any given track on any given day when you know everybody's in action and the right drivers are in the cars um but you have to be pleased overall with the way that you perform both of the ARCA car and in the truck just on a performance basis you know you can't always control the results but you have to be pleased with your season so far
3: yeah it hasn't been bad um like I said what drives me is that I could have should have would have been better um you know, there's always room for improvement. And, uh, you know, I still feel like I haven't reached my potential or even close to it yet. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just constant hard work and dedication to the sport that uh, is going to help me get there. Um, but, you know, how we ran at Lucas Oil is uh, I feel how we should run it. Every racetrack but better. So, um, you know, there's a lot of motivation within my camp as well as uh, as KBM. So um, we're really looking forward to the uh, rest of the races I got.
2: Now – what constitutes hard work for you what's a typical you know week for a Christian janeckis how much training do you do how much sim time do you do you know how do you prepare from week to week to uh, stay sharp
3: really just um you know film is just the biggest thing um you, know, you watch film you can you can see what different people are doing different than you um you know it's it's one big thing that i like to do is study other drivers um you know if you can get information out of them and you know see where their strengths and weaknesses are you can help yourself by uh getting your strengths and weaknesses to uh be better than theirs um you know there's a lot of things you can do and um as well as training and uh exercise and everything to uh to get to where you need to be but i think the biggest thing is just um really hard work on film and uh studying notes and everything like that
2: do you have a trainer that you specifically work with on that side of it? Or is that something that the team one of the teams or the other uh involves you with?
3: Yes. Um I have a personal trainer. I go uh about four or five times a week and uh it's uh it's not very fun, but you know, it, it helps. <laughs> it's it not helps, supposed it helps, to it, be fun. It helps in the race car, so that's
2: all it matters. Yeah. <laughs> who is your who who do you who do you train with? It's a secret.
1: Ah, okay. It's secretive. I see. <laughs> Top secret. Okay. Uh, so, so we'll play teaser here for a minute, kind of like the announcement that's coming next week that you're not allowed to talk about yet. Yeah,
3: the announcement that may or may not, or maybe, happen next week or this week, or I don't coming know. soon. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I, maybe there isn't even an announcement. I don't know where you got that from, Jacob. I mean, there might not even. I don't even know be where you got that. it from either. I didn't yeah. know anything.
2: <laughs> so, so I, so you showed me a, a, an interesting picture earlier. You used to play tuba.
3: Yes. Yes, I did. How play long tuba. did you play two before? Um, too long. Too long. <laughs> <laughs> too long.
2: Did 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 you go into high school with it or? No.
3: No, no I didn't. I did it for uh, one or two years, and that was too long.
2: Because for those of you who haven't seen it, you need to go to either. At- christian eckes on twitter
3: it's a ways down um, I won't find yeah it. go
2: go go look up go the, digging yeah go digging it's worth scrolling down the, the the jbl uh spot that uh christian did with harrison burton and their version of all or nothing at all um wow. it's uh making love out of nothing at all whatever uh from back in the
1: 70s it's if, an interesting... If you're going to plug the video, get the song version. right at least. Well, uh, see, that
2: was part of it was guessing the title, and I actually guessed it completely the wrong song.
3: Making, huh. It's Making Love Out of Nothing at All, and it was very I romantic between me and Harrison, just so you know. Very.
2: Yeah, especially when he nearly knocked your headset off. <laughs> yeah. His hand motions were yeah. just, His hand motions were priceless. I wasn't sure if, if, if he was it, trying to sing it or direct it. He was that like isn't a, court, a romance, I don't
3: know what is.
2: That's it was definitely choice. bromance, yes. That was a bromance. All yes.
1: right, <laughs> so in, in, that kind of alludes to a question that popped into my head a few minutes ago. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's scary, right? What? All of you that are in the Toyota pipeline at the level you're at right now, you, Harrison zane you're all relatively close in age and it seems like as as much competitiveness as there is on the track i mean how do you guys balance that with as much fun as you guys have off the racetrack because there are some pretty crazy things that tend to happen on social media with all of you guys
3: yeah you know um being toyota teammates it's uh it's good you know we get to push her you push each other on the racetrack and as well as in the gym you know we all work out together and um, you know, we're, we're all, we're all in this together. Um, you know, we're all trying to make it. Speaking of Harrison, he's calling me right now. Ha! <laughs> um, we're all, we're all trying to do the same thing. So, you know, it's good to have those people that can, uh, push you and, uh, you can push them back. So, um, you know, it's good to have people like uh,
1: Harrison and Todd and uh, people like that. Well, next time, tell him not to interrupt your live radio spot. <laughs> if we had more time, I
2: would have said, "Put him on speaker." We'd yeah, have exactly. Fun, but I know. If we, if we didn't
1: have thirty seconds to a break, we would have we would have pulled that off. Next time, though. Next time. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, we, we need to make sure that uh, we'll, we'll get Christian to sign the yes. wall when uh, we come back on the yes, other side of will. the break before we will. he leaves.
1: Before he leaves, we'll get him to sign the wall. So we're going to do a little bit of business right here when we return. Uh, we'll we'll let Christian loose after he signs the wall behind us. You're listening to Race Chaser Radio's Motorsports Madness, and we're back in a moment.
7: Okay, so Sarah, I'm dropping you off at Emily's? Yep. Yeah. And Josh, you're going to?
2: Soccer, Dad.
5: persuasion.
8: Okay, okay. We're buckling up. See, all
7: buckled. Good choice. I'll just have to do my dad dance at dinner time. What? What? No!
5: Do what you have to to make sure your kids are wearing their seatbelts even on short drives. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov/kidsbuckleup for more information.
9: What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat?
6: Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
10: Hi, I'm Noah Grayson,
1: and you're listening to Motorsports Madness on EMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Oh, welcome back to the madness. It has been crazy already tonight. Christian Eckes joins us in studio. I'm Jacob Seelman. He's Tom Baker. That's Christian. But by the hat and all all the Toyota stuff, you probably already knew that if you've been paying attention for the first little bit. And before we let Christian get out of here, we're going to let him pick up that little Sharpie marker on the table. And we're going to yes. Okay. Yeah. And we're going to have you sign the wall of fame, Christian. So Christian's going to do that and become the second driver to adorn the Wall of Fame. It's very easy.
2: Very interesting signature. It's basically CE. Yeah, yes. fifteen.
3: It makes it easy. Yeah, you don't. It's very quick. You,
2: you you
1: you could be a doctor with that signature. <laughs> it looks nice. I mean, it's That's it's it it's a well written nice. CE. Yes. I hey, I didn't say it didn't look nice. I'm just saying you you could be a doctor because usually about all you get the first letter of the first and last name is about all that's legible in a doctor's signature anyways. That's, I should know lucky. my I should know my mom. <laughs> my mom is one. So
2: I'm going to tell you, you insulted her signature. Wow. She, she won't why feed you, you for a week. <laughs> why you got
1: to do that to your mom, man?
2: Oh. does his mom on the air? Well, you certainly are going to have some fun coming up with the last uh, couple of truck starts that you're going to make um martinsville i know is i'm sure you're looking forward to that one do you feel like at this point i'm sure you feel like you're going into this uh you could win either one of those right i mean you're you're going there to win the race
3: yeah absolutely you know you show up to win every race but uh you know really the momentum that i've built over the past uh i don't know four or five races has uh really led into um you know hopefully a, a great two runs at uh Martinsville phoenix and um but you know the biggest thing in all racing is just gotta execute um you know i i'm just i have to control what I can control and uh you know my crew chief needs to control what he can control and uh just gonna have to let it go from there um you know it's uh it's a big chess game and
1: you gotta hit everything right okay. I, I will admit, I, I, I poked the bear just a minute ago, and I uh, did alert, because for those who were paying attention a minute ago, Harrison, call, Harrison Burton called Christian in the middle of the last segment. And I just told Harrison that if he had called three minutes sooner, he would have landed on air. He says, dang, I need to try harder next time.
2: <laughs> See, if he would have been listening to the show, he would have known, and then he could have called in time exactly. for us to surprise ambush him in put him on speaker and see if we could get the duo going for one more more version of making love out of nothing at all. Um, Well, Christian, I know that you uh, you got a date with Grey's Anatomy. Yes, I do. (laughs) So we want to make sure we get you out of here in time to to watch that. So uh, we appreciate you coming in and uh, talking to us and certainly wish you all the best in your next two truck starts. We're uh, definitely pulling for you for sure. All right, man. Thanks. That's we'll go Christian watch Grey's And yeah, he's going to go watch Grey's Anatomy. We're going Thanks. to uh, we're going to s- swap uh, positions here. We'll get Cisco to sit down.
1: Yeah. And, and, maybe. and
2: we'll uh, we'll have some conversation with Cisco and yeah. where's Christian all the luck in the world as he uh, heads off to Martinsville next weekend to make his next start for. KBM two in weeks. the truck series? Two weeks. Well, that's why I said next, not this. Next No, 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 no. He no, said no.
1: next start, not next week. Uh, He's okay. He did say, ne- well, no, it's not even next weekend. It's the end. It's a full two weeks from now, Tom. Okay. You've, got, you've got Kansas with Cup and Xfinity oh, right. before yeah, we right. go to yeah, Martinsville.
2: Kansas before Martinsville, that's right. Yeah. I had the weekend. Assault. It's
1: okay. Also, hi,
2: hi. Cisco. Before <laughs> October is over, <laughs> yes, Martinsville will happen. Correct. Okay. So We've Cisco got Scaramuza now, now is he's usually on
1: with us in via the interwebs, the, uh, yes. Skype line, yeah, in the interwebs. Uh,
2: but he's here in yeah. the studio tonight. Glad to have you with us. And, okay, uh, so
1: I'll be the one to ask the stupid question since apparently I missed the memo. Why are you here?
8: Um, so this weekend, uh, the Rodney Cook Memorial will be taking place at uh-huh. H Speedway, and it's being billed as well. The Martinsville rematch. Because <laughs> it kinda <laughs> is at this point. So a lot of the guys that we saw race oh, yeah. over in Martinsville for the uh for the big late model race that was out there. They're gonna be running ace this weekend, so Pit Row TV will be there and you can catch the whole broadcast there. Saturday and possibly Friday, Saturday I'm here. I don't know yet. There but are only Definitely
1: f- Saturday. Yeah. So tune in. There are only four words that you need to know when it comes to this race this weekend. Tom, we talked about this uh back when it first happened Which four? Lane Riggs, oh, okay. Peyton Sellers. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the only four words you need to know.
2: Well, I suspect that uh I mean it's Ace Speedway. For those of you who aren't familiar, Ace um the bowl that I ate fruit loops out of this morning is bigger than Ace Speedway. Yes. So w- what you saw at Martinsville on a half mile, this is not a half mile. Um so I think we, we certainly are going to see a few uh, fenders bendered um, in this one before it's over. And, yes. you know, as uh, Cisco said, I think it's going to be a bit of a Martinsville rematch. And I think um, it's it's going to be very interesting to see uh, what happens here as we um, get into this event, because this uh-huh. is always a... This is an event that people look forward to every year. Rodney Cook um, it was, was very, very important to, it, to the A-Speedway community. And this is a big deal to have yes. this event there. And uh, it's one that everybody wants to win for their own reason. Absolutely.
1: Now, another race that everybody wants to uh, win for their own reason would be the one that's happening on Sunday. And it's not just because we're talking about the playoffs, but it's Talladega. Yes. And everybody wants to win Talladega. And the good news here is, well, anybody pretty much can win Talladega. Well, yes.
2: But can we safely assume that in the remaining races of the 2018 season, we know one team that has now a little extra incentive to try to get back to victory lane and go out with at least one more win because we did have I wonder this sort yes. of breaking news yesterday that basically <laughs> no, da, 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 broke the da, internet.
1: Da, 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 da. You didn't even let me do the voice. I just
2: said, go ahead and do it. Breaking news. Chad Kanaus <laughs> and Jimmy Johnson are splitting up.
1: Breakup, I don't know. Parting. I know. thought,
8: I thought Grace Anatomy was after this. Yeah. I, it, well, <laughs> it it, is. I was
2: wondering if we did a poll, which would be the, the, the breakup that the fans were sadder to see Chad and Jimmy or Ricky and Danica. But um, at any rate, they're uh 17. Did you what, really just seasons? go there? Yes, I did. Yeah. You should I would do that. Seventeen years for Chad and Jimmy, and
1: as Chad Canal said earlier today, hey, we lasted longer than the average of most marriages in the <laughs> well, U.S. That's
2: very true, sadly. <laughs> um, but look, I, me personally, I think it was time. I, I, and it's oh, not, absolutely, it was time. It, it, for me, it has nothing to do with either one of them having diminishing abilities or skills or knowledge or anything like that. Sometimes you just get to a point. In any kind of a partnership or relationship where it just peaks and it it plateaus, stagnant, and that's yeah, and especially in this sport where technology changes so quickly, and sometimes you just sort of lose your way. Yes, and you make the change in order to spark you know, the, the, the new ideas, the business again, yes, the team. And and so Chad's going over to take over for William Byron. And, um, you know, that's going to be certainly great for William because the wealth of knowledge Cisco that Chad has accumulated in this sport is certainly going to be helpful to William as he Mm -hmm. tries to make that step into competing for wins every week. And Kevin Meandering coming into crew chief, the 48 to Jimmy Johnson, as far as I'm concerned, this is a great pick because I think Kevin's ready for this. And I think his ideas and, and, and the things he brings to, to Jimmy hopefully will spark that team a little bit, too. And this will turn out to be a positive thing. For basically half of Hendrick Motorsports.
8: Yeah, exactly. It's a big shakeup, and that means everybody's going to be, you know, a little more pep in their step. They they got to re- reinvent themselves a little bit, change things up, and that usually means things are going to get a little bit better. So I'm excited for that. And Jacob, this reminds me a little bit of back back in the old days when Scott Zippidelli and Tony Stewart split up after that whole split, when he ended up moving away. This reminds me a lot of that, because... Wait, Greg Zipidelli. Greg Zipidelli, yeah. 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 Wrong one. Wrong (laughs) one. Wrong (laughs) one. But but, uh, nonetheless, you know, a, a driver and a crew chief who had been together for a long time, but... Let's keep in mind, 17 years, is that the longest in the modern era, at least, of crew chief and driver combination, if not one of the longest in NASCAR history and probably in motorsports history, to be honest, because I can seldom think of another group in the motorsports sphere as a whole that had their primary team engineer and driver together
1: for as long as Chad and Jimmy were. Yeah, no, certainly in the modern era, the, the kind of run and the longevity that they had is unprecedented from all sides now um inman petty as the richard petty motorsports twitter account noted a little <laughs> while ago was the original yes. standard yes, for yes. driver crew chief yeah, relationships you're right um but no chad and jimmy have defined the modern era driver crew chief relationship and I, I personal opinion here but i honestly don't believe that you'll see that kind of a driver crew chief relationship over almost two decades again i just don't think now the business is and i don't think the sport is in a place now where unless you just really get that magic i don't see that kind of a of a lengthy pairing being possible again because the sport is changing so consistently and there's so much now even that was different than when Chad and Jimmy yeah. came into it in two thousand two. So I I really do believe that we'll look back on this in fifteen or twenty years and go, Wow, they did that win. Kinda of like what we have with Dale Inman and Richard Petty. You know, and we look back on that run now that they went on and go, Wow, they did that back then. Yeah,
2: it's really I, I don't know. I don't know if I totally agree with that. I think you, know, you the, think
1: we could see another 17-year run between it, drivers? It depends. I
2: mean, if these the younger drivers coming in, it depends how long they want to stay with it. But I certainly could. I mean, if you look at, for example, Ryan Blaney and Jeremy Bolins, that's been, you know, already what two, three, three? I think this third year, three I mean, in Cup, it, yeah. You know, so and um, two
1: before that in Xfinity. So. Yeah.
2: So mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not as if it can't happen if it's a Fair. younger driver and a young enough crew chief. to stay around that long i certainly think you could see it um you know but it it certainly is the exception i think rather than the norm and i think it's it's been that way all along um, because drivers move around enough um with enough frequency now in this modern era that you just don't see the team alliances lasting Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily the driver crew chief it's just you know both yes. driver and crew chief tend to move around a little bit more. So you, you just don't see that. But if you think about this, Jacob boy for Hendrick Motorsports, they had Everingham and Gordon. And then, you know, now you have uh Johnson and canals I mean, two of the all time great crew chief driver pairings in the history of the sport. Yes. One
1: organization. Rick is very good at that. And nice. uh, somebody asked Jimmy, what made this not repairable? And Jimmy's, quick response was I think if you're smart enough you can sense that it's not that things are broken and that's something I completely agree with now we have a couple of minutes when we come back out of this next commercial break where there's one more thing that I want to discuss when it comes to Chad Canaus, because this uh, shakeup allows him actually to go back home at Hendrick Motorsports, and if you don't know what I mean by that, well, stay tuned, and we'll tell you exactly what that story has to do with this right after this. This is Race Chaser Radio's Motorsports Madness, and we're back in just a moment.
10: For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council.
7: Hi, I'm NASCAR driver William Byron. You're listening to Motorsports Madness on PMN, the Performance
8: Motorsports
1: Network. That is just way too appropriate for the point I want to make in this short segment. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza talking racing on Race Chaser Radio's Motorsports Madness. And the driver that Chad Knauss is going to Crew Chief, bringing us back from break. And Chad Knauss going back, Cisco, to where he started at Hendrick Motorsports because he was on Jeff Gordon's 24 yes. car before he became known as being Jimmy Johnson's Crew Chief. Quote, you have no idea how invigorating this is for me I'm so geeked up by it I have goosebumps when I think about it referring to the fact that he's going to be on the 24 car did you guys remember the
8: documentary that I think Fox made a couple of years ago about the 24 during the Daytona time when he won yes that race there was a there's one scene in that where it was a very 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 young Chad Knaus who at the time was on the uh was on the pit crew of the 24 because I believe he was a tire carrier
1: if I remember correctly I think that's how he started. Yes. yes. Carrier or changer. Yeah, carrier, yeah. I think. I think he was a carrier. And the fact now that he is back with the 2014. Yeah. I love everything about this. And I love this for William Byron because I think we're going to see some real potential out of that team and out of that driver next year. Putting a veteran like Chad with somebody who's learning like William. Boy, do I love this.
2: Well, I do too. Um, and, and, you know, Chad has a very specific way that he likes to do things. And I think pairing him with William will work well because William hasn't been around long enough to have his own way of really doing things yet. So I think William will be very coachable and very moldable to what Chad wants out of him. And uh, I, I actually believe that he'll, uh, he'll do very well under Chad's guidance. I think that will elevate Williams performance in a way that that we need and not to say that Darian Grubb wasn't good. um, But again, to say that I think Chad's experience base and the fact that he took a much greener driver in Jimmy Johnson when he got to cup than William is, I believe right now and made a seven time champion out of him. I like Williams chances here. And I, again, Kevin Mendering, I think he's going to be great for Jimmy because Again, little different system, little different food for thought there. I think him and Jimmy will establish a good relationship.
1: All right, so we're going to again step aside when we return. We got lots more Motorsports Madness to deal with on Race Chaser Radio. Stick around the second half in just a moment.
4: We're growing like crazy and need account reps who know their way around agencies, the internet, and social media. Got connections? Or do you know how to get to the decision makers? Are you fearless? We need you. Internet radio, or as we call it, wireless mobile radio, is rapidly becoming the place to be with almost limitless income potential. So contact us to get involved with the fastest growing, professionally produced group of internet radio stations in the world. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or you can email us at scorpionradiogroup@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue? Okay,
7: so Sarah, I'm dropping you off at Emily's? Yeah. And Josh, you're going to?
2: Soccer, Dad.
5: persuasion
7: okay okay we're buckling up see all buckled good choice i'll just have to do my dad dance at dinner time what what no
5: do what you have to to make sure your kids are wearing their seatbelts even on short drives never give up until they buckle up a message from the national highway traffic safety administration and the ad council visit safercar.gov kids buckle up for more information
4: If you're a gearhead and you just can't get enough of your favorite motorsports on that channel on the cable, or you look at that guy network and you just go, what does that have to do with me? We have the answer, Performance Motorsports Network, right here on the Internet. The best cruising and tunes, the best in motorsports programming, and the best shows. We have opinionated hosts, and we like it that way. If you want to get involved, if you want to bench race, be listening for information coming up soon right here on this channel, the Performance Motorsports Network,
10: your source
4: for motorsports.
10: I'm an HRA pro stock racer, Tanner Gray, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports.
1: That was also conveniently placed because we're going to spend a good portion of our second half of the show tonight talking about what else? Drag racing, as Tanner Gray alluded to. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness on Race Chaser Radio. Jacob Seelman, Cisco Scaramuza, Tom Baker talking motorsports tonight. Randy Miller's back in the tech shed punching buttons and keeping us mostly on track here, which is good the carolina nationals NHRA's back in town tom i am pumped i am excited let's go let's go already i
2: mean this is really and you know what um for for those who don't know we we taped this show where we record the show live on thursday nights and we had the remnants from hurricane michael go mm. through here earlier um what's coming behind this for the three days of nhra racing at charlotte 70s for high temperatures and nothing but sun with low humidity. It literally is going to be a perfect weekend for uh, NHRA at uh, the ZMAX Dragway at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And this event, because it's a part of the NHRA playoffs, is is just always an event that you don't want to miss. It, it is one of the most exciting times of my season to be able to go and watch these these guys and girls run and um we certainly are going to have i think uh, an interesting uh, matchup this weekend because Absolutely. we've seen a lot of different winners this year and some real upsets in some of these divisions as to who's leading the points and who looks like they're on the way of the championship
1: hang on a minute steve Torrance is not an upset
2: well the, steve wouldn't be an upset no. but there are you know there are a few others but the <laughs> Uh, is what Steve is, is a delight. I mean, oh, yeah. you're not necessarily, he wouldn't be the first person anybody would think of, but let me tell you, Steve Torrance is definitely a driver that I think everybody should respect. And absolutely. hes he has been so much fun this year to watch. He do has well. been. It's and the great. interviews are just classic.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, and that's what I love about Steve Torrance. He's unfiltered and yeah. you, <laughs> get, you get what you get. Yes, absolutely and the fact that he's won six times and he won eight times prior to that uh, 14 wins over the last two years just missed out on the championship to Brittany for steve Torrance deserves a championship and i hope he gets it this year we'll talk more nhra on the other side of this break so stick around this is motorsports madness on race chaser radio and we are back after this
3: Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication. But it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force.
7: Hi, I'm Matt Tift, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network.
1: There. Cisco doesn't have a headset to hear his own trombones.
8: I heard it, but I had to run back in, so I didn't get time to do it. <laughs> oh,
1: it's okay. Okay. So, this is Motorsports Madness. He's Cisco Scaramuza. I'm Jacob Seelman. That's Tom Baker. Because, well, I just felt like doing it from left to right for a change. Shake things up a little bit. And we're talking NHRA straightliners right now. And the fact that normally, normally we are uh, talking about NHRA and Charlotte being the opening yes. to the countdown to the championship playoffs. However, this year, it's race four of six. Yep, It's the start of the second half of the playoffs, which I think... Is a lot bigger deal, Tom. Oh, I agree. Than maybe people are making it. And you mentioned earlier the conditions are going to be tremendous this oh. weekend. I think we could be talking about potential national record temperatures. You know, not just temperatures, but conditions all the way around that for for some huge, huge numbers this weekend. Well, I think
2: so too. It's, that's why I was saying. I mean, we we've had ninety degree temperatures. Right up until the last couple of days here, yes. So we we've hung on to summer a little longer than we normally do, and this storm kind of whisked all that away. At least long enough to get us through a weekend that's, like I said, low humidity, low seventies for the high temperature, fifties, high fifties for the low temperature. So I think this is going to be perfect for the potential of some records to fall.
1: I'm telling you, some of the some of the night qualifying sessions that we're poised to see i think friday the friday night qualifying session is going to be huge yep i i just have that feeling tomorrow night and if you've never been to nhra friday night qualifying and you're in the charlotte area this weekend what are you doing if you don't go because i have done it two of the last three years, and the one Friday night session I missed, John Davison, who's a regular photographer at CMS, comes up to me and says, what the heck are you doing missing the best passes of the weekend? To which he was right because they set some records that night. Yep. I Night qualifying is an experience like no other. NHRA drag racing is an experience well, like no other. Yeah. But night qualifying, the speeds they put up, the, uh, you know, as they say, lighting the candles when you can see the flame trails out the headers as they go down the track. It's just exhilarating to watch. And tomorrow night, I think, is going to be something particularly cool. And I'm going to be excited to see who steps up to the plate. I know one driver, Cisco, who wants to step up to the plate. And I actually got to talk to him at a luncheon earlier today, a media luncheon at the Speedway Club Tony Schumacher is fired up knowing that the partnership with the U.S. Army is coming to an end. He's got three races left. He's only got one win this year, and yet he's third in point, points, and he still, even being triple digits out, has a shot at dethroning Steve Torrance. He just knows it's going to take a lot of work.
8: It's it's a very almost Martin Truex situation in a way because I'm seeing parallels there to where this is the last time he's going to be in this car. Yes, It's it's Tony Schumacher. He probably is going to find a ride outside of that car. Yeah, he'll be fine.
1: Well, it's not the last time in that car. Just that. Oh, right. With with, with that sponsor, U.S. Army. Yeah.
8: So so in that case, so he'll be in that car next year. So what do you
1: got to lose? Go out there, run a fast pass. Why not, Tom? The big thing here is Tony said to me earlier today. We have to win all three races, pretty much, and have something bad happen to Torrance and at least one of them to have a shot at it. But the thing that I don't think even he took into account too much is the uh, Auto Club Finals at Pomona, the last race of the year, runs on the same point scale as the uh, U.S. Nationals at Indianapolis. It's points and a half. So there's 50% additional points on the table yep. in that race per round and for a race win than there would be normally, which means you could still have up to, I think, 100, I, I think in order to clinch – Going into the last race of the year, Torrance would have to have a 175-point lead, I believe, is uh, is how that all shakes out. If you have uh, all the bonus points and, and everything go, go your way, he'd have to have 175 points coming into the finals at Pomona to have clinched it. And I don't think he's going to get there. I really don't. I know he's got 100 and what, 102 right 103. now? 103. I was one off. 103 over Clay Milliken right now. But I could see Clay going out and winning this race this weekend. I really could.
2: Well, I could too. Clay runs well here. Um, and, you know, this is exactly the type of situation in which he sort of comes out of nowhere. Yes. Just when you think that you don't have to think about him anymore. <laughs> He's kind of too far back to yep. to make a run. Here he comes. And, you know, this is a guy that I think... As we go forward into nineteen, we're going to talk about it even more because absolutely, you know. But I I agree with you. I think Clay definitely has a shot to win this weekend, and if he does, you know, it's it's game on here. I mean, this is I think this goes down right to
1: the to the last race. I agree, hundred yeah. percent. Now I, I'm going to screw up cisco's point system here because he thinks we're going to go to funny car and i'm actually going to save funny car for a little bit because coming up in our next segment we're going to hear from one of the challengers for the funny car championship in jr todd so i want to skip to pro stock right now and cisco talk about the guy who is looking to leave the pro stock class a champion on his way to nascar tanner gray picking up his seventh win of the season Last time out in Dallas, he's got nearly 100 points on Vincent Nobile. It's his championship to lose. Can anybody step up and take it from him? Well, forget me
8: if I'm incorrect, but was there an announcement about – oh, no, it's Cody Coughlin who I was thinking of who's losing the sponsorship this year. Not Jig, obviously. Right, he's right. not going to no, be losing would, his sponsorship yes, anytime wrong, too, wrong, I hope. Wrong Coughlin. <laughs> but nonetheless um, – It's once again, it's another case where you go to one of these tracks and if if you're on point and you have your stuff this weekend, any of these guys, you look at the top, you know, nine or 10 in the championship right now. Greg Anderson could go out, have a fantastic weekend. He could go out and win this race. Drew Skillman, Vincent Nobile. Like you said, he's still within range. Yes. Drag racing. I love the fact that it's still one of the few series where if you have a good week. You can go out there and just win the whole darn thing. It doesn't matter if it's an intermediate Correct. track or That's a 2.5 exactly right. mile. Yeah. Yeah. It's, still, it's still a quarter mile at the end of the day or and, a half mile or and whatever we're running.
1: 1,000 qu- uh, foot for nitro, quarter mile for pro stock and pro stock bikes. Uh, but, Tom, the particulars of the pro stock class, the parity, it's been so tight it in has. pro stock yeah. car this year that literally any of these 10 countdown contenders can win. Greg Anderson can win. Jason Line can win. Bo Butner can win.
2: But think about this: this is potentially Tanner Gray's last
1: start on his home track. Oh, you better believe he before wants to he win goes it. to NASCAR. And he's the defending winner exactly. of this race.
2: So you, while you say that there's you know ten guys that can win, and you are absolutely correct. Tanner Gray has a little extra incentive to go out there and get the job done because this is it for him, at least for a good while. while. Uh, You know, while he he goes and does the NASCAR thing to be his final run here at the Dragway for a while. So he's going to want to defend
1: that championship awfully hard. Bikes. Ellie Tonglet took over the points lead with a win in Dallas. Yes, he did. The firefighter by day, race car driver by weekend, or drag racer by weekend, I love this story. I, Me I you too. You know, he won the title as a rookie a few years back. Now he's back to try and do it again for Jerry Savoy, who is going to be cutting back his schedule. I almost feel like this is shaping up to be a Hollywood ending.
2: Well, it, and it may well be. And this is where I was saying earlier, there are some surprises at the top of the, the points boards in some of the divisions. And I think Ellie Tonglin is a little bit of a surprise. Not the guy I would have expected to see up top this year, but... Certainly glad that he is because he is, a, again, another one of those personalities you love to have.
1: Good old um, Southern boy.
2: Yeah. And, and and again, the whole firefighter by day racer by night, it's a great story. And, you know, it just it, the, the pro stock and the pro stock bike for me are both very interesting divisions because of the personalities involved. Yeah. And I, I don't think people respect those two classes as much as they should sometimes.
1: Correct. All right. We're going to uh, take that note and go off to a break. When we return, I'm going to circle back to the funny car class. Robert Height leads it, but we're going to hear from the guy who's chasing him, J.R. Todd, right after this on Race Chaser Radio's Motorsports Madness. Stay with us.
4: Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach so call bsr today 304-725-8444 give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway that's 304-725-8444
2: Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent
8: you. Hi, this is John Androsik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead. Designate before you celebrate. Friends don't let friends drive drunk.
6: A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council.
10: Hi, I'm Ben Rhodes, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports.
1: And we're back. We're back. Jacob Zielman, Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza on Race Chaser Radio's Motorsports Madness. And we are talking NHRA drag racing, and we are going to get back to the funny car title battle that I purposely ignored during our last segment because, well, we have an interview in this one, so why not build around it? And this is fun for me right now because you've got Robert Height leading for John Force Racing in the Auto Club Camaro, and you've got J.R. Todd and the DHL Yellowfellas chasing in that Kalita Motorsports Toyota Camry. 50 points or three rounds of racing separate the two of them. And, gosh, both cars right now, Tom, are performing at such a high level. It's like, which one's going to blink? Yeah, and, and I don't. I
2: don't know if it's a matter of either of them blinking. I mean, I don't know what your definition of what that would look like is. I guess maybe which one's going to make the mental mistake. Yes, that's what um, I mean. That's what I mean. I mean, it, it, it could it could play out that neither of them really actually make a mental mistake. But, you know, one just has better luck or is, you know, better uh, mechanically than the other or whatever. Um, but I don't think J.R. Todd is out of this by any means. Oh no! You know, I, know I never it's, even it's, suggested it. No, I know you didn't. I'm just saying. I think you know a 50 point three round lead is is not, when three races left in the championship, it is not that insurmountable. Um, we all know that on any race weekend, somebody can just have disaster, and yep. you know it wouldn't take much for J.R. Todd to flip flop this and put himself back in, or put himself in front. I, I'm not. I think this could be one of the more entertaining races to the end to watch because I have the feeling we could see each of them um, get at least one more win before we're done.
1: And that would set up a real clash of the Titans, yes. I think, in the uh, Auto Club Finals at Pomona, Pomona coming yep. up in November. So got the chance earlier this week to talk over the phone with JR about a multitude of things, including how crazy he thinks this weekend's race at uh, ZMAX Dragway is going to be, and one of the big things he circled was the later placement in the countdown, and had that and a whole lot more to say. Yeah, it's
10: definitely a different feeling going into Charlotte as opposed to uh, years past. With the, you know, it's always an important race because it's been the start of the countdown, and uh, now, like you said, we're halfway through the countdown, so it's a, a really important race. And for us, I mean, we. Uh, we gotta go in there and keep doing what we've been doing and, you know, going to the late rounds and actually, I mean, we're getting to the point now where we need, uh, Robert Hyde to go out early and we need to go on and, uh, and win the race just to, uh, kind of gain, to gain some of those points that we lost to I him. Mean,
1: what what is this battle between the two of you, especially the last uh, the last couple of races? What's that been like? Because obviously you you meet in the final last time out, and it just seems like uh, every, as you mentioned, every time you need a good day, it seems like he's been right there with you.
10: Yeah, that's the thing when uh, when you got a car that's as good as his. I mean, you're not going to get a lot of help from uh, the other competitors just because they. Uh, they're one of the best performing teams out there and uh they're the defending champs and uh they're definitely showing why and and, you know my team is uh they're uh running really well also i feel like we uh we got a car that can compete with them it's just uh we keep meeting up in the final and it's hard to uh hard to you know stop a stop the bleeding or make up ground on them when you're meeting in the late rounds like that but uh yeah, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun up to this point. I mean, as a driver, this is all that you can ask is to have a, a car that's as, uh, as good as our DHL Toyota right now. And, uh, you know, my guys are doing an awesome job preparing it. And, and Jono and Todd Smith are doing a great job making the, the tune-up decisions. And hopefully we can uh, continue this trend for uh, the next three races.
1: What has the last couple of years been like for you? Obviously, coming out of the top fuel class into Funny Car and now... To be hitting the stride and contending for a title the way you are, it's it it got to, uh, I imagine in a way, feel like that everything the last couple years since the transition has been built into this.
10: Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty crazy to look back and think. I mean, I never thought that I would be in this position battling for a championship in a funny car. I mean, I was always expected to do it in a in a top fuel dragster and you know once this opportunity came about to drive a a DHL car i i knew in my mind like this would be my best opportunity to uh contend for a championship And, and last year was kind of a a growing year for uh for our team just some different you know personnel changes and me being due to the seat and you know it took a little while for me to get comfortable driving a thing and now it's like things are just uh Clicking at the right time for us, uh, you know, my second year behind the wheel. And, uh, yeah, like I said as a driver, this is uh, all you can ask for is to be able to go out there and uh, contend for a championship and not have to worry about anything but get in there and uh, hit the gas and try and keep the thing straight down the track.
1: To win in a top-fuel dragster and win in funny car, obviously it's not something that a lot of people in NHRA history have done obviously i've never been there so i'm kind of relying on your ex- explanation here but does it is there anything about piloting the two cars that takes a little bit of a different skill set when you talk about what it took in the top fuel car compared to what it takes in the funny car to be successful
10: absolutely i mean they, they both make the same amount of power and you know looking at the engines and different parts and pieces you would think that they're, they're pretty similar and you know you would drive them the same but over the years of driving the dragster just because of the long wheelbase you build up these characteristics and and habits as a driver to where it becomes second nature then you hop in a funny car that uh that the wheelbase is a, a lot shorter than a dragster and the engine's in front of you and you have a body over top of you and it's just a different mindset you try to uh, carry the carry those characteristics over to the funny car it just uh it doesn't work out it just it takes time to uh to get comfortable behind the wheel and just basically retrain yourself how to uh how to drive it's uh it, it took me a while and the, there's a frustrating point you know in the year last year where uh i was just getting mad at myself for not doing what i thought was a good enough job to where this year i've got enough laps under my belt in the funny car that i feel like i'm uh more than comfortable. It can focus on other things inside the car, and uh, I feel like it, it's definitely it's paid off. And here we are, contending for a championship now.
1: You you mentioned that you didn't necessarily. You know, there was a time when you didn't expect to be doing this in a funny car. That for the longest time, it was. It, you know, you expected this in the top fuel car. Was there ever a point when when this first started being discussed? Was Was there a point where you you second guessed or you wondered if this transition was the right thing to do or 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 was there never a doubt for you when Kalita Motorsports said, you know, this is what we're thinking that that this was the right move? No, I definitely
10: uh didn't second guess the move because these guys they won a championship in two thousand fifteen with uh with Del Worth from driving. So I knew like I said, that this would be my, what I thought was my best opportunity to, uh, contend for a championship. I mean, uh, they know how to win. Uh, a lot of the guys are still intact with that team. And, uh, you know, it's pretty much all the, the same equipment that, uh, that's there when, uh, when Dell was driving. We just, uh, kind of improved on, on what was there when he was driving. And the only thing that I wouldn't say I second guess, it's just I was getting frustrated at myself because I feel like I knew that I was a better driver than what I was showing last year early on in the year just because uh, I had never driven a funny car before it just took some time to uh I guess to prove to myself and prove to others that I actually could get the job done driving a driving a car and and now looking back I'm definitely not second guessing myself for uh, for making the transition
1: You've obviously recently come off getting, uh, you know, crossing the 100 win threshold for Motor Motorsports, helping with, with that goal. But I know Charlotte's obviously a very important place for you guys in NHRA. What would it mean to pick up a win this weekend? And then what makes it tricky or, or what makes Charlotte unique to try and go and pick up a win at?
10: It would be huge if we could, uh, come out at a win. You, I mean, if we could go put the next three races and win all three, I I would think that, uh, we'd be holding the, the championship trophy there, uh, Sunday in Pomona. But yeah, we, uh, we, we got to keep doing what we have been and, and make good, consistent runs and just race smart and, uh, you know, hopefully get some, uh, get some luck to follow our way and maybe, uh, you know, some of the other competitors could, uh, could knock those guys out earlier where we're not meeting up in a final round but uh if we do meet in the final round then you know we need to go out there and beat them and and that that's just how it's got to be the next three races but uh charlotte it, it can be really good and looking at the uh the weather for this week it looks like it's going to be nice and cool and, and not too hot so that's uh that's good for that place because it's uh a newer facility with a. You know the the concrete can be a uh, can be really good there early on in the in the track, and that's what that's what these teams look for, so they can apply as much power as they can early in the run. And uh, I don't, I mean, I fully expect to see some uh, quick times and and fast speeds there in Charlotte this weekend.
1: And I would argue that uh, Jr. said exactly what we're all thinking is going to happen because of the conditions this weekend, Tom. But listening to him and and really getting a chance to kind of soak in what the last two years have been like for him since transitioning over from top fuel. I mean, he jumped into a funny car and after about half the season looked like he had never missed a beat. That's what I like about him. He's become and shown that he can be very, very adaptable in the nitro divisions.
2: Well, not only adaptable, but just plain good. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: he knows what he's
2: doing. And, you know, I, I feel like, again, he's the kind of a driver that is going to give you a consistent performance. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He just gets the job done. He's not yeah. the flashiest or the most necessarily gregarious personality, though he's, uh, as you heard, he's a very good interview and very mm-hmm. entertaining, but... Um, You know, it's it's just a driver that you can count on to consistently put you in the game. And that's uh, I like Jr. for that reason. This is really going to be fun. I mean, Jr. talked about the weather just as we did. And I I keep bringing that up because it's something we haven't had in a while. This kind
1: of a perfect weather condition for this race. Absolutely. Back with more Motorsports Madness here on Race Chaser Radio in a moment.
7: How to be a great dad in 15 seconds.
1: Hi, I'm Cole Custer, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. This would be our lightning round segment where we talk about a little bit of everything and we're going to go grill some shrimp on the bobby and go down under. For a little bit I can't do the Australian accent like James Pike <laughs> I, I, so I'm just going to give up and move on Jacob Seelman, Tom yeah, Baker, Cisco Scaramuza and we're going to talk about the Bathurst 1000 for a minute because that happened over the weekend and yes yes Cisco I know what you're going to tell me the story is but I'm sorry I'm a sap for Hollywood scripts and before we talk about David Reynolds I believe it is only right that we talk about the fact that in his final appearance at Bathurst on the mountain as a primary driver in the Supercars Championship, Craig Lowndes is the king once again. It's a seventh one, isn't it? Seventh seven, correct, right? seven, and Tom, that—that's a big, big, big deal it because is he's a big second deal. all time behind only Peter himself
2: well yeah and you know honestly um if if, if you're if you're even in that conversation i'd say you've done all right i don't know what the um prerequisite is because i'm not obviously i haven't been a supercars fan long enough to to know sort of who the mount rushmore would be i have been don't worry (laughs) um
1: but if you're in that conversation, you've done all right, and certainly Craig Lowndes has. Yeah. When it comes to the Mount Rushmore of supercars in general, there is, at this point, Peter Brock, Craig Lowndes, Jamie Wincup, and I would argue either Mark Skafe or Dick Johnson. But I would, yeah. I, I would say, you know, that's a toss-up right there. But as far as Bathurst, Brock, Lowndes, Larry Perkins, and Scaifey easy yeah and Jim Richards is you know somewhere in there as well his longevity at the mountain I think was what made him so impressive 24 years between the first of his seven wins and the last of his seven wins for Lowndes, it was 22 years back to his first win in 1996 but this one just Cisco it felt like it was destined honestly it just Something all week leading up to this told me, "Okay, there's going to be some magic here," and Craig went out and proved it.
8: And and I thought it was going to be Scott McLaughlin who actually finished third. So it's not like it. It's not like he had a bad day on the mountain. No. But when it comes down to the points, he didn't get too far away from Shane Van Gisbergen, who finished fifth. So if you're following along at the home, those are your two championship contenders, really, yeah. because those are the last two guys kinda in the fight. Jamie would have to basically go out and win every race and hope the other two take each other out the last three races. But your I super cup say all points the
1: last three races, but uh Yeah, but your supercar
8: points, nonetheless, comes down to once again. In the final three races, two guys duking it out. How they do it without playoffs and completely organically befuddles me because I have no idea how they well, do that.
1: the answer is there's just that much competition. And what's interesting to me, Tom, in that Supercars points fight is you had a year ago, it was the other Triple Eight challenger Jamie Wincup yep. versus Scott McLaughlin yep. and McLaughlin with a uh, pit road violation ended up giving it away and Winkup took his seventh title this year it's Shane Van Gisbergen going for his second championship and yet again here's this young kid on Penske's squad who qualifies and qualifies and yep. qualifies and God knows if he ever manages to close out a championship, I feel like he could rip off about four of them right in a row. Well, I agree with
2: you. I mean, and here again, I think that time is coming.
1: Uh, you better believe it. I know, think I that mean, time
2: you is coming. You, if, if, you can, if you can stay close that many times, eventually it's going to fall for you. Yes. And I feel like that time is coming for him.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and for Penske, too, as an organization. Oh, sure. I oh, yeah. mean, the it, fact... The fact that they've been this close already, this soon into their exactly. supercar's tenure, number one, it shows how big an impact Roger Penske has had over there, just the influx of resources and really how Roger and Tim Sindrick and everybody have helped restructure that team into what it is right now. Not that Dick Johnson racing before wasn't
2: I was going to say because it, it wasn't like they started from scratch. No.
1: No, well, it was and, a competitive Dick, team and Dick Penske Johnson Racing, there. yes, was competitive. It was not championship caliber. Right. But Roger Penske took it, streamlined some things Absolutely. and made it championship yep. caliber. And I, you know, as Roger does, year after year after year yep. with everything that he does. He doesn't he doesn't put his fingers on something that he doesn't believe is going to have long-term success, and I think we're seeing that.
8: Yeah, also, absolutely. And I'd say the other the other guys who were doing a very good job who finished second in the Bathurst 1000, Andretti with Walkinshaw and Andretti United finished second out there. Scotty That's Pye. a brand new team.
1: Well, I wouldn't say brand new because, again, Michael Andretti kind of did what Roger did. He came in and bought a stake in an existing team. Yep. And the Ryan Walkinshaw's group yeah. was the original Holden Racing team. Right. I mean, they were absolutely no slouches, and they've won championships in the past. Down in Australia, so if anything, I'm surprised it's taken the Walkinshaw Andretti United team this long to find the speed that they found. But Scotty Pie did a tremendous job. Warren Luff, obviously, is a tremendous veteran of Supercars Championship racing and has been. Really, at the top of his game in the co-driver's role for a while, I expected them to do well, and to see them on the Bathurst podium, great mark for them, and I hope to see that continue because I think we we really ought to see them back in victory lane a whole lot more here in the years and races to come than what we have up to now. And in all fairness, they have uh, they've been good this year, but I don't think they've been tremendous, shall we say. Now the heartbreak, Cisco wanted to get to this first, I made him wait, but those dastardly cramps bit David Reynolds, and (laughs) for a team, an Erebus Motorsport team that should have won the great race, heartbreak and a a ninth place finish is nothing compared to what they should have been because this team dominated this race.
8: They they could have won. They should have won. And they, and they really, when I say they should have, they should have won yes. this race. They were the fastest people out there by miles. But we talk about it, and it's always a topic that comes up in not just in our show, but in the global news in general. Race car drivers, they're not athletes. You know, blah, 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 blah. That all comes up. Bull crap. Here's a perfect example. David talked about the fact coming into the weekend, it was in the corner of his mind. I'm not as 100% as I should be. I'm not as hydrated as I should be. I'm not taking care of myself as best as I could. And he talked about in post the fact that that was always one of his weaknesses as a driver was the fact he wasn't ready to go out and or he wasn't keeping himself in good enough health to be able to do these long races and unfortunately for him and he kind of knew that this weekend might this might be the case mm. he just didn't act on it and it bit him
1: yeah he did um it's disappointing too especially for a team that actually picked up a win earlier this season at Darwin in round uh, round 16 of the championship i mean reynolds has had a good year just not perhaps a tremendous year so now supercars goes into the final race of the three race enduro cup they have the gold coast 600 which is actually two 300 kilometer races coming up um, on the gold coast Not uh, this coming weekend, but the following, so October 20th and 21st. And after that, just two races to go. A doubleheader at Pukakoe in November, and then the finale at Newcastle on uh, what, for us, would be Thanksgiving weekend. Yes, that's correct. So... That's a little bit there, and obviously the Bathurst 1000 has a lot of global implications and very much followed, certainly in this country, as, oh, well, yeah. as, uh, as well as as well back in their homeland in Australia. And we love any time we get to talk about, uh, about supercars we on the show. We don't get and the to Mustang. do it enough anymore, and the Mustang, which needs to be coming and, and will be coming, and I'm excited about that. It looks awesome. Uh, it really does. <laughs> it's going to be great. So, all right, with that, let's get into a little lightning round conversation while we still have a few minutes to do that. And I'm going to start with the proverbial. I don't have a hat to throw scraps of paper into, and we toss them up and somebody pulls one out of the air. But pull one out of the air. Who wins on Sunday for the cup race at Talladega? Tom. Um. Well, let's see. I
2: you know what? I've got a very funny feeling this time because th- this this is a situation where you you just have a recipe for a Hail Mary.
0: I yeah. called Jimmy
2: Johnson at the Roval because I thought that was the perfect situation. And for he almost Mary. proved you right. <laughs> and he might have proved me right, but he just got a little bit too happy with the uh, gas pedal
8: and the brake bias was a and the off. brake bias yeah. was a little
2: off. Um, so, you know, that didn't work out as planned <sighs> and I can see a similar thing happening here, except for one thing, basically right now, the Fords are the hot hand and I know it's Talladega, but I can't bet against the Ford. Why I am, you? however, won seven of
1: the last eight races there. That's
2: correct. I am, however, not picking Brad Keselowski cause that's the two inch limb. The Ford I'm picking is actually. Out of the same stable, but it's got a one in front
1: of it. Ryan Blaney wins Talladega on Sunday. And goes two for three. Exactly. You know what? See, I like that because he he was the dominant car in the Daytona 500 in February before yeah. uh, getting caught up in the big one there late in the race. So I could absolutely see that happening. I, however, famously for my two-inch limbs, will gladly— He's picking (laughs) Keslowski. Yes. I will gladly take Brad Keslowski. Why? Number one, because I can. Number two, because when Brad Keslowski needs to advance to the third round of the playoffs, he just goes out and wins Talladega. He's got a good points number right now to do it anyways. But screw advancing on points. (laughs) It's all about winning. And I believe that two-car will do what it's become famous for in uh, the fall plate race at Talladega, (laughs) and that's go to the front and then be able to defend both lanes successfully. Oh, by the way, this is the last time we're going to see restrictor plates at Talladega. Keep that in mind, too, for Sunday. Yeah, it's
8: because... uh we have them at Daytona for that plate race back in February when we go there. But after it's that, 19. it's yeah. a completely new. Linear- yeah, completely exactly. new ball game.
1: Yeah. That's Tapered, what I was trying yeah. to Tapered say. spacers, spacers. and yeah. big spoilers and all that. Anyway, Cisco, uh, who win Sunday. If,
2: if, by the way, if Chris yeah. Murdoch were here, we know he would yes. pick Joey Logano. I was just going to make that point. So um, are you going to pick Chris Murdoch's pick and pick Joey Logano? No, I'm not. Oh,
8: okay. I'm going to see how much room there's left on the two-inch limb <laughs> because
9: I'm going to join <laughs> it with you.
8: I, I'm sorry. Brad Kay in the fall Talladega race the magic. I don't know how he makes that race somehow skill ability, whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but Brad, he just gets
2: it. Storyline though, to watch is the 48 for the rest of the season, because at this point they have nothing to
1: do, but pressure is off.
2: Yeah. I mean, there are the playoffs. They know that they're not going to be together after this year.
1: Yes. So at this point, they have a streak to uphold. It's all about
2: winning a race. And, you know, again, I, I don't know about Talladega, but I certainly think that... Uh, bef- Talladega, the end of the Martinsville, season, yeah. Texas. Martinsville would be the track, I think, it, that Jimmy yes. yes. could go Absolutely. And get it
1: done. We're back to say goodbye <laughs> in just a moment here on Motorsports Madness.
8: Here's an important message from Rad
0: and this station. Oh, yeah. Boy, Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against Junk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you.
4: Motorsports Sales Professionals. Performance Motorsports is looking to build a team of experienced media sales professionals to represent our programming to the industry's top companies, magazines, and racing series. If you have motorsports sales or marketing experience, know how to work with agencies, understand social media, and are incredibly creative when it comes to working with clients and promotions, then we want to hear from you. Top performers are richly rewarded. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue?
0: You are a waste. A loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas and get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories.
5: You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov.
10: Hi, I'm Tyler Reddick, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance
1: Motorsports Network. All right, we have about a minute minute and 32 seconds before we have to say goodbye. So really quickly looking at the truck entry list, things I love and attention to detail. Todd and David Gilliland are both driving for Kyle Busch Motorsports this weekend. They could draft to the front. But they're both sponsored by Pedigree. Todd Gilliland's is Pedigree Puppy Chow. David Gilliland is Pedigree Dog Chow. I love it, Tom. I love it. Well, it's great. I mean, just just think
2: of the uh, dog-related lingu- linguistic things we can do with headlines uh, on that one. Todd is 18, though. So, yes. I mean, he's kind of old to be a puppy, but I still get it. It works.
1: It, it's great. And I think it's cool to see. Uh, you know, we don't know if this is David's last start at it nascar national series event if it is hey he gets to go out racing his son and in a competitive truck and who doesn't love that we loved having christian Eckes back in here and we certainly wish he and uh, kbm the best of luck as christian gets set to get back behind the wheel at martinsville coming up in addition thank our partners at uh, telmed benefits and hms motorsport for what they do to support race chaser radio and Good grief. I, I don't want it to end. Why do we have to go away? Why can't we have like a third hour or something? I feel like there's so much we'll more work to get on that to. For the future. Uh, shout out behind the glass in the tech shed. Randy Miller's yeah. done a great job punching buttons and, uh, and and making it happen here. So we thank Randy. And right now, for Tom Baker and Cisco Scaramouza, I'm Jacob Zuber, reminding you to keep it off the wall. And if you are headed to a racetrack somewhere this weekend, if you look hard enough, We might just see you there. Have a safe racing weekend, folks, Till we meet again.
0: You've been listening to Motorsports Madness with the Race Chaser Online crew. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. Motorsports Madness is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network, www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated and may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section in the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-hosts, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the madness returns on Monday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, keep it off the wall and keep the shiny side up.